0: Travis and I are freshly back from the Collision Conference in the Big Easy, and Travis had more than his fair share of shrimp. Grilled shrimp, fried shrimp,
1: shrimp gumbo, has some shrimp cocktail, shrimp lasagna.
0: Uh, We had the opportunity to take the stage and talk about the future of crypto, as well as attend some great parties and hang with cool people, because that's what we do. Uh, we also had the chance to sit down with Lal, part of the blockchain development team at IBM. Big Blue's got a lot going on in the blockchain space, and we discussed the full spectrum, including IBM's relationship with Stellar Lumens. Bad crypto collides with the future of technology at collision, and New Orleans will never be the same. Well... Bourbon Street will still smell like somebody puked in your living room, but that's not our fault. Cue up the Zydeco and grab a bowl of gumbo. It's episode number 122 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three,
2: two, one, zero, Ignition. Who's bad? This is Charlie Lee of Litecoin fame.
0: This
1: is Chris J. Snook, executive chairman at the World Tokenomic
0: Forum. Hey, this is Scott Adams, creator of Dilbert. You're listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Stay bad.
1: I'm John McAfee, and I've been on with these uh, badasses on Bad Crypto for the past hour. I'm very happy to leave them, but I will tell you this, they are badasses asses. Thank you.
0: And it's the Bad Crypto Podcast, freshly back from New Orleans. Mr. Travis Wright, you did enjoy that local uh, eatery fair, did you not? Well, It was good. It was good stuff. I mean, you are,
1: quite frankly, a big baby when it comes to eating at a place that only has seafood. So we had to accommodate your needs, but I still was able to get some shrimps in.
0: And they didn't have any green M&Ms either. So, you know, it's kind (laughs) of like, no, we can't go to that place. Let's go to the (laughs) meadery. Oh, the metery was great, man. <laughs> come on, come on, tell me the metery wasn't awesome.
1: Well, the metery was most awesome because of all the amazing people that we had around that table. We had like 15 people uh, at our dinner there that we hand selected and every single one of them was awesome and hilarious. We
0: and- hand selected. You make it sound like there was a menu for people. Uh, we'll have a little uh, let's a little see little uh, Sarah Austin, oh, wow. Mike Camber wow. and, and a Larry <laughs> Wong and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll have a little bit of that. Zilla, it's the ICO app. It's back. It's in the App Store. Hopefully by now you've downloaded it. If you're on iOS, why not? And if you have, we'd love to know what you think about it. You can find various ICOs and check out what they are all about directly through the app. The wallet and chat are going to be activated soon, as well as an Android version for all you people that have laid down your lives for Google. You'll be able to get that as well. Download the Zilla app. It's in the App Store. Z-I-L-L-A. Go get it today. Yay. Yes. And we had
1: the awesome fortune in New Orleans. Um, there was a big, huge booth for IBM in the floor there um, at uh, Collision. And it said, Ask us about IBM blockchain. And Joel walked by and said, Yes, yes, I want to ask about that. And then Joel went out and bird dogged and found the person who was at Collision in charge of IBM blockchain and convinced convinced her to convince her higher ups to let her on the show
0: and she said yes actually i didn't have to bird dog much because she was the one sitting under the sign that said huh? ask me about ibm blockchain her name's Lal, and let's get to our feature interview with her right now joel and travis live from the collision conference in nola that's short for new orleans Nolens. Nolens. You, you having some of that gumbo here, Travis? I have, I have had zero gumbo. I've had lots of shrimps, though, Mr. Joe Conway. Boiled shrimp. I've had boiled
1: shrimp. I've had fried shrimp, grilled shrimp, shrimp kebab. <laughs> I've had baked shrimp. I
0: have, I have not had shrimp gumbo. You need to get I you had some... shrimp and grits. <laughs> you told me that was really good. It was amazing. Well, you know what else is really good? As I was walking the show floor, I came upon the letters IBM, Big Blue. And they've got all kinds of initiatives here at the booth. They're doing some VR stuff. And, but the one that caught my attention, of course, is IBM Blockchain. And, and there was this woman standing over there. Talk to me about IBM Blockchain is what the sign says. So you know what I did?
1: What did you do, Mr. Joker? I
0: walked up to her and I said, hi. You're so predictable. Let's talk about IBM Blockchain. And she's with us here now. Her name is Lal, And not LOL, though. L-A-L. Because, right? You get that right. all the time. Yeah, I
2: do. But it's still good. It's, a one. it's not good. It's not good. It's a good joke. So, okay, good.
0: I thought maybe I was being bad. That's good because that's what we do. And uh, Arsh is the offering manager, nailed it for IBM Blockchain. And and thanks for coming on Bad Crypto. Yeah,
2: thank you. Thanks for having me. Super excited. Right
0: yeah. So, what, is it, what does an offering manager do?
2: So, we basically um, work to enable our uh, our platform um, to really serve all of our users' needs. So, it's front to beginning to end development. So looking at the market, looking at, you know, what do clients really want to see in a blockchain platform? And then any gaps we have, we try to fill that. It go, we manage the development and the design, um, work really closely with those teams uh, to help build that into the platform then take it into production and keep iterating from there.
0: What's so cool for us to see is when the big Fortune 100s start doing blockchain stuff and IBM has kind of been on the front lines of this. I've worked as an IBM influencer, social influencer for a number of years, and I've kind of, you know, I've heard rumblings of this. And um, you guys are actually working on a number of initiatives. So we want to find out what you're doing, and you can start anywhere you want.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. I think it's been amazing to see how IBM's really been trying to pioneer this field. And um, one of the most interesting things is it takes a very industry-first approach. Um, so we're working in a variety of industries, and... Uh, you know, our VP always says blockchain is a team sport. So um, really trying to enable networks within industries to grow um, and, and get all um, the right players on them.
0: I like that. Can we steal that? Blockchain is a team sport. Just that's
2: cool. That okay. <laughs> <But> is good. <laughs> a trademark on there. We'll,
0: we'll go ahead and get a
1: trademark. <laughs>
2: it's a great quote. We,
1: IBM. We're trademarking that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's something we all kind of abide by, even you know, the way we work, but especially in really trying to enable companies to get the right players on their on their network um, and, you know, really use blockchain to their advantage. So, some cool stuff we've been working on and, um, you know, people have seen the food trust announcement. So, we work with Walmart on really trying to enable um, their entire distribution to have visibility. So, uh, you know, if you see bad spinach and you want to trace that back, you know which farm it came from. On Um, the bad
0: spinach blockchain. The
2: bad spinach blockchain. Spinach chain.
1: (laughs) Nice. So you guys are working with them to to sort of optimize their supply chain?
2: Yes, exactly. To optimize it to, you know, there's so much money spent on dispute resolution when ledgers don't match up. So really, how can you all just be on one ledger? Uh, So we've worked with Walmart, you know, Dole, Kroger, a variety of companies on that exact use case um, within the food industry. But... You know, we also work, we have a joint venture with Mariscan, uh really trying to bring down the, the paperwork and, and add a bit of immutability uh, within yeah, shipping containers there. that go worldwide. So different different use cases like that and, um, you know, something we've been looking at as well. And we announced this was our work with Stellar on a, and ClickX on a cross-border payment
0: platform. Yeah, we, we've talked a lot about Stellar. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Stellar was one of our very first interviews. We had Jed McCaleb on the awesome. show. And yeah, but it
0: was at two cents uh, a coin.
1: Yeah, maybe a little bit less than two cents a maybe. coin, like like a like a penny and, and a half uh, or so. three fourths or something. Yeah, it was like it was really super cheap, and they gave us a bunch of them to give out, right? And so that was like our first really cool giveaway. We oh, were giving awesome. out Stellar Lumens at basically ten dollars worth of free Stellar Lumens, which was are now like two hundred and something <laughs> dollars worth yeah. of Stellar right. Lumens over yeah. time, right? So talk a little bit more about the partnership that you guys are working with them because that was one of the things that that made me go. Oh, IBM is going to start working with Stellar Lumens. I better start collecting more stellar yeah. lumens before more people figure out about that right?
0: you become a lumens pirate
1: i was a lumens pirate, I lost the pirate booty
2: <laughs> yeah again um you know it's, it's all based on philosophy that like hey like how do we work with the right people so i mean there was different ways to do that but within the cross-border payments area you know we saw stellar is a really good way to start to do that so why
0: What what is it about stellar that really caught ibm's attention
2: um they just stood out as a place to do like real-time transactions and secure transactions and someone um you know we had a good relationship with as well um and wanted to kind of work in you know work to create an industry solution that's really i think the focus is focusing in on that exact use case um and they were very willing to do that with us What,
0: what what did you see as what was the problem that needed to be solved and in what region you know was this that needed to be applied
2: um i think just really Creating like a a bridge for like a digital asset bridge for for those real time payments. I don't really I don't think it's necessarily an industry uh, a region as you said worldwide or anything like that. But across the world, really, how do you get uh how do people trust that payments are are going across borders um and bring a little bit of security to some to a currency um you know sometimes. People aren't immediately trustworthy of any cryptocurrency, but like, how do we work to make that a you know a tangible product for this industry?
1: So you know, Joel and I've mentioned that a lot. I mean, we've even showcased that to people when we're show, showing crypto, like, look at this, boom, Stellar. You get it, and you get two between two and three seconds, you get right. here it is. It's yeah. in our, so th- that makes sense. You guys would use that, but one, one one part of me says, okay, you guys are IBM. Why didn't you just build your own cryptocurrency and sort of build it in with your own sort of blockchain solutions? It was interesting to see how you guys were partnering with Stellar instead of creating your own platform. And so is do you know the methodology yeah. or the reason behind that?
2: Well, I would say, like, just, you know, overarchingly, it's not about reinventing the wheel. It's not about doing everything on our own. So most of these, again, as I touched on these industry solutions, they're not us working on our own and just trying to sell something. It's, hey, let's take someone who's already doing this really well, and let's really specify to a certain client base. We have tech and we have tech expertise, but we don't necessarily have the experience Stellar has in building out building out the solution they built out. Uh, so how do we really work with them together and do something? Again, it's a team sport, so how do we do this better together? Um,
0: yeah. Do you wear uniforms, like with numbers on them?
2: <laughs> I wish we did. I wish right? you we know. yeah. did. I might suggest blue that. blue and
0: white, right? <laughs> and, you know, we
2: got jerseys going. Yeah, now
0: that, that's one thing that's great about Jed,
1: is that not only did he found... You know, stellar, but he also was one of the co founders of Ripple. And then he also was one of the original co founders of Mt. Gox, right? And so, like, he has seen a nice, he has a nice career arc, what he learned from Ripple and said, well, let's. Yeah, because Ripple's really sort of centralized, right? This is basically like, here's our own sort of very centralized. And it seems like that's like Banks kind of like it. it's very centralized. Where, you know, he saw it as let's make it more decentralized. And so Stellar is a very interesting platform. So what are some of the things, you know, that you guys are some of the use cases that you guys are finding or some of the cool projects that you guys are working together with Stellar?
2: Yeah, so I I know as far as Stellar, this is just something we're driving. I'd say, you know, independently, we are looking at a ton of other industry solutions and seeing how we can partner with people in those places. So, uh, you know, something that was announced recently and uh, getting, you know, I can talk about Stellar with the cross payments, but with identity. So, you know, everyone's really talking about identity now. How do you have this concept of self-sovereign um, and the ability to really own your own identity? Uh, so, you know, another new industry case we're looking at is we partnered with the Sovereign Foundation and so it's one of their stewards. Um, so really pioneering this fact that, hey, we're also looking into this industry use case and we're partnering with the right people to do it instead of, you know, reinventing the wheel and trying to do it all ourselves.
0: So has this partnership, uh, is this, has this Activated yet? Are they actually implementing this or cross payments? Um, taking yeah. Place?
2: Yeah, so we're already in production in, in 12 different currency corridors. Um, and, you know, we're using Lumens as that asset bridge. Um, but again, like seriously, still trying to work together um, to create something that's more robust. Um, and, you know, we'll see a lot more coming out of that.
0: So if this goes well, as obviously all, all parties hope it does, then we're talking about potentially global.
2: Yeah.
1: Hopefully. And so, you know, one of the things that we talk about, like even if we're doing a presentation tomorrow, like there is so many industries that, you know, blockchain can impact. Not just finance. Oh, yeah. Right? Not just For supply sure. chain. So what are maybe some of the other areas? You guys are looking into that. You you know are thinking about or are implementing or whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I'd say like first and foremost, um, you know, something we're into is just like enabling people to, to target whatever they see as their as the most important use case. But um, told totally, you're totally right about that. I mean, I was at a humanitarian conference on Friday talking about uh, the refugee crisis and the fact that one of the biggest proponents of this crisis is that people don't have an identity when they're just washed up somewhere. Uh, but how do you use blockchain to give someone an identity in a safe way um, within the refugee sphere that people can access to get the right things that they need and they're enabled to get as a refugee. So, I mean, and that's like something, you know, we don't even think about off the bat when we think about banking and we think about supply chain and these big, you know, business cases, but there's humanitarian cases as well. Um, And so, you know, you already have ID2020 with the UN and Accenture and Microsoft looking into that, but solutions like like that. Um, What about
1: voting? Because it seems to me that voting should totally be on the blockchain.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think think right now um, it's really driven by um, who's most ready to adopt it. I think we see Things like that that are really tied into government is a little bit more of a barrier to entry to bring blockchain in. But
0: Some of them don't want it.
2: Yes, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I think 100 percent when you start to see this domino effect of, you know, we already have banking almost really, really embracing it, and you have supply chain embracing it. Then what's going to come next is is reg, you know, regulatory issues kind of embracing it, governments being a little more open-minded to it, and then we might have use cases like voting uh, that's come up very often, but been a little bit hard to enter that market.
0: So let's talk about some of the other initiatives that, that you're... I know there's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I see a big list in front of you, but there's some that you are personally, you think are more exciting than others. So what's one of those?
2: Yeah, so I talk a little bit about IBM and Everledger because I think that's just a great use case. So um, they work on uh, a digital ledger for uh, luxury goods, but uh, specifically kind of starting with the diamond industry and how do you um, make sure that, you know, you can see the prominence of a diamond across all the different places that it it's interacting with and all the different transactions going through to get it to the final source. It's
1: called Everledger. Everledger. Are you it? Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah, so working with that, uh, you know, and obviously diamonds is a multi-billion dollar industry, so it's really interesting to add a little bit of legitimacy.
1: oh so you don't you know you don't get your diamond from some war-torn area or whatever. Blood diamonds exactly yeah. so really like
2: they it was created to to make sure that the diamonds you're getting are not from areas of conflict. Um which is a really great you know there hasn't been a good way to do that earlier you get companies trying to provide certificates and stuff like that but really how do you know for sure um do you like right.
1: engrave it with a little, little qr code at the bottom of the diamond or something
2: or, 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 like, i'm pretty sure micron, or some, bl- 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 some sort of number goes it says IBM, that. That. <laughs> ibm certified diamonds. yeah you know, that's
1: what that's one thing that to me is that uh, you know having done research on de beers yeah. and how basically oh they just found another big diamond oh they go in and they buy yeah, it yeah, and then yeah. they suppress they suppress the amount of diamonds that way. The uh-huh. the price out. and actually, the, uh, diamonds are a girl's best friend or whatever. And then the uh, basically the fact that wedding rings was a De Beers marketing campaign. Yeah, basically right. like there was no wedding ring, and that was not biblical thing it was basically hey you need to get your girl two months worth salary on your diamond ring <laughs> right,
2: right.
1: And, uh,
2: So. how much do you really love her how much do
1: you really eight months worth of diamond rings plus then years after with the divorce but um, so, it's kind of early, early, early. so so that's pretty cool so you I know there's another company uh, Chain, based out of China that it's kind of doing some stuff with luxury goods where the, all those factories in China are creating like the Gucci bags and that's one thing that's interesting about that with those luxury goods is like say for example they want to create 50,000 Gucci bags well they'll get enough fabric to do 60,000 Gucci bags in case they make mistakes so then they'll do those 50,000 and then those same factories who made those legitimate Gucci bags will now make black market Gucci bags that will, that are then for sale in like Shenzhen, same and fabric, these, same exact bag, yeah. same exact fabric, same exact company who made it, but it's a fake one, and you can get it in Shenzhen, China, for like you know 20 percent or 10 percent of what you would normally. But, buy but it's not fake; it's it's real. It's a real. It's just that's not officially fake. licensed. It's not officially licensed. But they can start putting those on the blockchain. That way, you know that those are not. So that's a great use right, case.
2: Right? Yeah. And I mean, I'd say the same for you know any luxury good I I had some great conversations here at Collision about wine and about you know fine art and you know there hasn't been anything except for a middleman so far. Like there's some sort of auction house and when you really think about it that's really where the value of whatever you're is coming from. Is whoever is kind of pioneering that purchase? Were you
1: like running that
0: guy with all those watches?
2: <laughs> 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 so whatever's <in> jacket. <laughs>
0: how, how quickly is IBM iterating on all this? Are they really staffing up, you know, across blockchain? Yeah. Uh, solutions.
2: Yeah, I definitely say it's one of one of the most incredible parts about working in blockchain at IBM is it is moving so fast. Um, so it is constantly kind of an adrenaline sport where you're we're, we're trying you know the best we can to really understand what's going on in the market and try to find the best way to serve needs that haven't been addressed before with blockchain.
1: I want to talk a little bit about Hyperledger. Yeah. So you know that's one thing that we've not we've we've discussed it a couple of times mentioned it and other people have mentioned it. But what exactly? Is Hyperledger and how is that? How does that work within IBM? Yes. Why, why is it so
0: hyper?
2: Why so hyper?
0: Um, has needs to chill out.
2: <laughs> so, uh, basically, our, our start with blockchain was um, we built our blockchain platform on top of Hyperledger Fabric, and uh, the reason was you know, an evaluation of many different protocols, but also, um, IBM contributed a lot of code to the Linux Foundation to help build Hyperledger Fabric into what it is. Um, That's an open source platform, it right? is an open source. So, IBM contributes. You know, it takes pride in contributing, you know, to the open source as much as we do with building the platform as well on top of it. Um, What we saw is, you know, clients still need an easy way to start building. So that's where we really created that platform layer. Um, But of course, still running on Hyperledger Fabric. Uh, We always encourage people to build on, you know, on Fabric as well. Use Hyperledger Composer. Uh, and one of the differentiating factors that really pointed us to using Hyperledger Fabric is the fact that it's uh, permissioned and immutable. So um, you have a lot of permissionless blockchains, but what we really saw is we're building for business here and permission is really the way to go in that space.
1: You don't want some random schmo just getting in on your network. Not
2: ideal.
0: Accessing
1: <laughs> all your data probably the uh, antithesis of, of what they want. <laughs> exactly. so, so Hyperledger, open source platform and you were talking about the composer what's what's the hyperledger composer so
2: that's kind of the dev tool to build applications um and then fabric is the we built the platform. without on the fabric to really
1: go into production with your network. So, mm-hmm. if you're a business and you say, "Hey, I need to have a blockchain for my business, and you need an enterprise-level solution," how does that process begin?
2: Yeah. So, I we you know right now we have two two plans. So, starter plan is really where you would uh, you can create your app with Composer, um, bring that into starter plan, really demo your uh, demo and POC your solution. Um, we kind of built that because we saw that many clients still need a way to for a couple months. To so just be in that demo POC state to see how networks would interact, how peers and members would interact with each other, and then you can push into production with our enterprise plan, which is a full, uh, you know, enterprise enterprise-grade production network running on IBM Blockchain Platform, running on Hyperledger platform.
0: Yeah, you know, IBM uh, has these stereotypes mm-hmm. going. Way back, right? Because yeah. it was like my father's tech company. Yeah, right. right? That's and, and you know, big blue wingtip shoes and you know all that and suits. How is uh, and I know that's been changing as a, as an IBM social influencer. I've seen that there are elements you know within IBM that are like, hey, let's you know let's be professional, but let's we can represent ourselves a little more culturally uh, lax. I want to say you know chill. So how is blockchain affecting the culture within IBM?
2: Yeah. Um, I think that that's a fascinating question. Um, one of the coolest things uh, about working on the blockchain team is really we're kind of a startup within IBM. If you really think about how long a lot of the products at IBM have been around to reach where they are, they've been around quite a while. So they've really gone through a lot of the life cycle. Whereas we're a relatively new group. Um, you know, We're scaling very fast. We're, we're growing at a rapid rate. But we do have because blockchain is, is the industry we're working in, we do have a lot of this startup culture that I think resonates with the industry. So um, I'd say that goes into how we work with our design and dev teams. I, I've never really seen a group at a big company work like this. Um, so we work super closely. We're always in the same meetings. We have scrums, we have you know, completely agile. And as you mentioned earlier, we're just rapidly iterating. Everybody so. needs
0: scrums, Mr. Travis Wright. Scrums are the best thing that have
2: ever happened. <laughs> I would imagine
0: that there's some people. I mean, IBM's, How many people work for IBM worldwide?
2: A ton, and I uh, don't know. That's have the thing. I, thing I saw was like three
1: hundred thousand.
2: Yeah, a lot. Somewhere
0: between it's a crap ton and so uh, you know, you know that there's some of the old guard that are still <laughs> there that are like, blockchain, mainframes are the future. Get right? <laughs> off my lawn. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Right. And I think it's all about really trying to get everybody on board. Uh, I think even, you know, any group at IBM sees value in blockchain. So one of the really great parts about working at IBM when you have experts in Watson, you know, you have experts in AI and you have experts in um, machine learning, literally any any technical that you could think of, you have an expert at it in IBM. So how do we even leverage those skills internally to, you know, build out these industry Mm. solutions? That
1: was one question I wanted to ask. I'm glad you mentioned Watson because, you know, AI and Watson, that was such a fascinating phenomenon
0: that when Watson was on IBM or was on Jeopardy and... And there are some people that don't know what Watson is. So yeah, so, you go and explain. so, yeah,
1: if you want to maybe explain what Watson is and then how is Watson, you know, integrating within blockchain and what, what can people maybe expect in the future from that sort of combination? Yeah.
2: So I guess Watson is kind of our, like, primary AI sort of integration. So we have, like, Watson Assistant, Watson Chatbot, um, but it's always meant as something to integrate into whatever solution you have. Um, so, again, you know, People who are sometimes clients of ours already have. They might come to us with already having a Watson integration and one also doing a blockchain. So part of it is how do we make those all work together? But you know, I think both. While you know there is a hype, that the hype is real for Watson and, and AI as well. Um, you know, it will be something where you will start to see solutions that have blockchain that have AI, you know, components. So how do you make that all work together?
0: The hype is real. Yeah. The hype is real. <laughs> how many people would you
1: say that work at these companies that are like, oh, we need blockchain? Like, and they don't even know what, what blockchain is or what it does, but they're like, oh, it's about, we need it. What, yeah. How do we, how do we implement it within our company? What we, you know? So right. I mean, it would seem to me that, cause like we have conversations with yeah. people all the time and they're like, I've never even heard of the term blockchain. Yeah. yeah. So how are companies sort of adopting this? and? beginning to approach the process?
2: Yeah, I think number one is our approach to educating. Um, so it, it's, it's been great how I've taking a stance on uh, the developer marketplace and saying, hey, we're going to just put out content to educate the masses because as you said, there are still a lot of people, and you know, we all work in this industry, so for us it seems weird that people don't know what blockchain is. But a majority of people still don't know what blockchain is, right? So how do you educate those people? How do you make them see it in a real light? Uh, leading with use cases, leading with business cases. Um, so that's number one is educating people. But the other thing is, you know, not overselling the premise, the promise of blockchain. And I think that's sort of a responsibility that any company selling blockchain solutions has. Is Hey, like, if you're, if it's just you and one other party, and you're not transacting a, a really high value good at all, don't invest your money in blockchain. Like, you don't need to. Um, but if you do have a solution that really blockchain is the only way you could do it, that is where we want to be. Um, so I think that you know you're right. It's it's a little bit of a tourist mentality right now, um, but it's something that we're striving to do is how do we really target the people who are going to disrupt their industry?
0: How do you present somebody? Say, you know as a newbie says what is blockchain Yeah. without going textbook on them because even in the textbook definition it's really easy to lose people how do you explain it in the simplest terms
2: for sure yeah i definitely had a lot of party practice at that <laughs> so just casual conversations um try to practice that on my friends as well so pra-
0: practice on us it's yeah like, let's pretend that we know nothing because we know just a little bit more than nothing
2: <laughs> yeah i mean i i'd say leading with business cases is what people really understand so i always start with saying you know Hey, any business runs on multiple transactions happening. That could be the transfer of an asset, that could be the transfer of money, it could be transfer of information. But anytime that happens, it's recorded somewhere. Uh, And usually every party in that network um, or in that you know, in that supply chain, in that distribution, will record it in their own ledger. Uh, and what you have with that is just multiple sources of information, and while you might share them, there's still an opportunity for discrepancies, uh, for disputes. So really the premise of blockchain is having one ledger where everybody records, you know, those transactions happening and you remove the need for a middleman. Um, so that's, that's kind of the problem. Notice process. she didn't say
0: decentralized. She didn't say immutable, right? <laughs> she didn't use any of the, the words. I'm like, what are you, you know? talking about? Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My, my next question is about, so you guys don't basically have the IBM coin, right? So like with the Bitcoin blockchain, every 10 minutes the block is solved and then boom, mm-hmm. 12.5 Bitcoin pops out. So, when you're working in a project within an enterprise-level business, you know, how does the consensus work and, and the block solving, and is there a reward, or how does, what's the mechanics of that?
2: Yeah, so, um, what we really focus on is how do you get the right people in the room to create those consensus, um, you know, to decide on consensus. So, I mean, some of the services we provide at the IBM Garage is literally bringing companies and sitting them down at a table and saying, how would we architect the solution? You know, what do you guys think is a good consensus algorithm for you? Because someone is creating that. Someone is putting that into the contract, um, right? So it's really, a, we all we do, like, design thinking workshops to figure that out. So we bring companies in the same room and literally go through an entire design thinking workshop for them to, you know, figure out how they, how they want to look at consensus, how they want to look at inviting other members, um, you know, decide those things together. So it's a pretty personalized approach, um, and I think that's just because, you know, again, business relationships, a lot of times, you have to figure out stuff out together, and sometimes it's in the same place, yeah. or at least facilitated in a way that's a workshop. That's great.
1: That's in the IBM garage. That's the original...
2: Yeah, IBM blockchain garage. Very cool.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Where's that located?
2: Um, we have a couple locations around the world. We have the one in the U.S. is based in New York. Uh, okay. But it's, it's so all you guys over blockchain,
1: the world. You guys blockchain businesses all over
2: Oh, yeah. It's all over the world, um, and... And you know, a lot of those are in-person locations and then we'll do pop garages if needed. Um, But really what I think is fascinating about that is we're taking design thinking and literally using it to solve these big problems. Like, you know, how do you, how do you as these huge companies decide how you wanna, you know, create your consensus Mm algorithm? How do you do that? So. That's
1: one thing that I think about too, about about, um, blockchain, cryptocurrency, sort of consumer rewards because imagine every time if you bought like an Apple computer or right? you bought a MacBook and you know and I, I don't know how many MacBooks I bought over the years and all the different Apple but it's like if I had instead invested in Apple stock I would be way better off at, instead of being a consumer and so now we're looking at a scenario where some companies are kind of taking that approach where it's like you're a consumer, and you're kind of an owner in the company be, because yeah. you support, you know, the, the business. Are you seeing any of that kind of stuff popping up with, with the companies you guys are working with?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess as far as the consumer-owner relationship, I'd still say um, I, I think, you know, the incentive kind of systems we're talking about is probably one of the hardest things to tackle at an enterprise level. Um, there's a tremendous worth in that, um, and I, I think we're definitely seeing the need that, hey, you know, Providing incentives for people to, um, you know, either purchase or, or do the right thing even um, is, is necess- necessary. Uh, I think the mechanism to doing that on a large scale with an enterprise customer has been sort of hard so far. But
1: we're again, already kind of rich. And they're all like, well, we're, I've already made all our. Right? <laughs> it's those up and coming companies. Yeah. that are like, hey, we'll share the wealth. The wealthier always like, Marr. Yeah, (laughs) That's exactly how
2: they are. (laughs) Right, and how do you find the right mechanism to do that, right? Like, how do we, you know, support and know that something will scale well, something will grow, and and you can build on that, and we can, you know, add many parties to whatever we're using as an incentive mechanism. Uh, But I think, you know, as... We're, we're in a market where there's so many people, and you're going to start seeing the right, you know, the right tokens emerge, the right coins emerge, um, and and when you see that, then it will be easier to find the right way to do that.
1: Is there any other thing that's going on at IBM Blockchain that you maybe would like to? Eat? citizens of bad cryptopia to know about what's going yeah. on here? Um I mean I would definitely say you know our starter plan that's
2: our you know beginner plan on our IBM blockchain platform it's free right now it's in the free beta uh, if you it'll be free for 30 days even when we GA um, but if you know if anyone's interested in just tinkering seeing what is Hyperledger Fabric all about how do you go about creating an application and network uh, in the business sense of things um, what's the website for that where, where do they find that um, you can find it on ibm.com Slash blockchain slash platform, um, and we love. We just get started with it. Give us your feedback. Um, we're really trying to, you know, understand what developers want to see as well as what businesses want to see. So. Is you know. there training
1: there available for the developers to start understanding? There's
2: tutorials, um, very, you know, nice. there's
0: tutorials, we have samples, um, so, you know, really, we'd love everyone to get started. They're the candy man. Come on yeah.
2: in here, we got some free yeah, candy. Yeah. Come on <laughs>
0: into the ecosystem, IBM loves you, mm-hmm. and then you'll be developing Teaching on Teaching people how it works, yeah. and you know yeah, what? That's
1: great. And that's, you know what, that's exactly how you keep succeeding in life, is you keep leveling up your skills. Because we we interviewed Scott Adams on Long You're ago, about stacker, it. Yeah. I love it. The stacking of the skills it makes you more employable. If you if oh, yeah. you are a developer and you do not know anything about blockchain yet
0: or. Hyperledger or Fabric, then you know what? Here's some free training.
2: Yeah. no, we're here to enable you as best as we can, enable your businesses. So.
0: You obviously know a lot about blockchain. Are you a fan of cryptos in general? Do you like, you know, Bitcoin and to dabble?
2: Right. Well, it's interesting because I started actually in enterprise blockchain with IBM and I didn't start at all in crypto. And then I was kind of like, hey, you know, what is this all about? Um, so it's. It, I think it's a fascinating space. I think the innovation happening is just really thrilling to see and, and meeting people who have really great ideas um, you know for for solutions It's awesome um, and I'm really excited to see how it evolves uh, I think you know it's a proliferation of, of cryptocurrencies right now but really you know is something going to win out is something going to be more adaptable for businesses uh, that's very exciting to me they need business. to
0: give you a, a more blockchainy title though right because of the right. author <laughs> manager like
2: block hacker yeah
0: like you know I mean you have a super what's your superpower
2: um, probably talking a lot. Oh, <laughs> it. I don't know. If it's a power or weakness. Um, no, but
0: I can no, do that for a while. <laughs> words are good. We we have that superpower as well, which is why we have a podcast. <laughs> that, that is true. So like
1: you know, how did you get into enterprise blockchain and say, yeah, I'll jump into that? I don't know what any of that is, but sure. Like how did your rabbit hole journey begin? Because yeah. that seems really interesting to me.
2: Honestly, serendipity. So I I kind of dabbled in probably any high tech that you can think of. So I did AR for a while, I was doing VR for a while, I did robotics for a while. I was most recently working in fashion tech. Um, and, and IBM let you kind of just move around, right? Oh, this wasn't at IBM. Oh, this was kind on, of before okay. IBM. Oh, gotcha. uh, and really what I saw was, you know, when I was like look, looking for kind of a next opportunity, IBM had just released their Met Gala fashion, uh, their collaboration with Marquesa on a social media dress for the Met Gala. And it's funny, because I just looked at that, and the I was like, Met you
1: know. The Met Gala, for those who do not know, the yeah. Metropolitan Gala. Somewhere. It's just kind
2: of a social ball with a lot of influencers. Uh, at, New York, or Yeah, it? it's in New York, okay. uh, at the, the Met. Um, uh, the Met at the Met, fittingly. Uh, some of our, some our listeners are not right, refined. Right. So they're like, what was that? We're really talking oh. about the Mets, the New York <laughs> <laughs> Mets. Some
1: <laughs> of
0: our hosts are not refined. Some, that's true. I'm very <laughs> not refined.
2: <laughs> But I mean, I think what drew me to that was, hey, you have a company that, you know, is thought of as like this big powerhouse of technology. And here they are. They have a gown at the Met. You know, that's crazy. Um, And so it just drew me to IBM. And I said, you know, if they're interested in exploring fashion as someone who just is a tech powerhouse, what else are they doing that's crazy innovative? What else are they willing to take risks on? Um, and I studied finance and product design, so I kind of just ended up finding, you know, my niche. You're
0: kind of home now, right? This yeah, like, yeah,
2: this and it's, it's been a great journey, for sure.
0: Well, we are not financial advisors, but I am a title advisor, and so this is my message for your superiors. Give Arsha, you know, a cool superhero title, like, blockchain goddess or something
2: right i, I could take that yeah i'm, I'm sure Put they'd that be on down. your
0: business card they'd be down with that. there you go nice.
1: <laughs> well we're so grateful for you uh, coming on the bad crypto podcast any other final words of wisdom
2: thank you i mean keep keep innovating y'all <laughs> it's a great place to be so yeah no thank you so much for having thanks me. i really appreciate mm-hmm. it and stay bad
0: Great to speak with Arsha and discover more about what's happening at IBM. Always love to hear of uh, Fortune 100 companies that are doing blockchain stuff.
1: Arsha is awesome. Not only is she just brilliant, but she's super fun and hilarious too. And that was a great, great fun interview. And IBM is doing some great stuff with blockchain. That was a great pleasure, great honor for us to be able to sit down with her and chat about what they got going on over there because... They are truly innovating in the space.
0: And we also were invited to speak at the growth summit stage at Collision and deliver a uh, a tag team 15 minute presentation on the future of cryptocurrency. And it's kind of funny because they had it listed that we were going to debate. And <laughs> it's like, what are we going to debate? We both like crypto. I mean, it was it, was, uh, it wasn't a debate. It was a presentation. Well-
1: I think that was just how the format set up. Joel is like, if you notice, most of the setup, most of the most of the uh, conversations there were panels or a debate, mm-hmm. and we basically busted it out of their of their little uh, of their little framework, and we decided to do a, a presentation. And uh, you know what? For you and I to to go through and do a quick fifteen minute succinct interview, or to, to do a presentation, we had to have that thing tightened up because we like to go off the rails sometimes. But we were able to knock it out in about fifteen minutes. And that presentation is available for you guys to check out at badco.in forward slash collision. Uh, our good friend Adrienne Ashley actually set up front and recorded that. So that's from her. Uh, Facebook page uh, because it, collision has not uploaded our presentation yet. So we don't have the official ones. So if you guys want to hear that, you guys can tune into that as well. It was really cool. Joel's as we were finished, we were walking away. You were, you were already sort of out and out and, and the show producer came up to me, uh, flagged me down and he goes, Hey Meg he's from, he's from um, uh, Ireland. And so I'm not going to do an Irish accent, but he goes, that was, he goes, that was grade F and a, but he actually said it. And uh, so grade a, I guess is great. We were grade F and A. And then they said, we want you to come to Hong Kong and Portugal and do it again.
0: So that's cool. It, so, so does that mean we got an F or an A? I, I don't, I'm not sure which that and is. It was
1: grade F and A. Yeah, we actually you know, said, word are an F, not, you know, I'm trying to not be cussing as much, Mr. Jokom, as you've requested.
0: Oh, did I say that? Did I say don't cuss mm-hmm. as much? Maybe I did. You know, what's really funny is he also emailed us beforehand, you know, because they like to organize everything and and said, uh, will you be requiring chairs or would you prefer the podiums on the stage? And I'm like, we don't need no stinking chairs and we don't need no stinking podium. We walk around. We're presenters. And many of the people that they have speak at this event, they're not, you know, professional keynote speakers. They're just industry people that, uh, you know, are, are involved. And so uh, get all the things. We ended up using a podium just so we had a place to put our H2O. What do you think of the event in general? What kind of, you know, what kind of takeaways do you have from Collision? You know, I've been to Web Summit.
1: Web Summit is a phenomenal event. That's the one that happens in in uh, Lisbon, Portugal, which I always seem to call Lipson because that was our uh, podcast uh, platform. <laughs> Phenomenal! Oh, we're going to Lipson. We're going to Lipson. Phenomenal! Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, well, I think the event is, is is solid. I think the people who come to the event and the speakers there are great. I think that they sit down too much. They have way too many panels, and um, I think that's their biggest flaw. But they are moving to Toronto next year, so I guess they're moving it around every three years. They they had it three years um, in New Orleans. Now they're moving it for three years in Toronto. And they, you know what, I think, I, I love Patty. I think that they're, that, that he's got a great conference. He's got, uh, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into that. I do not think that that particular venue in New Orleans was anywhere near as cool as the venue that they have in Portugal. The event, the venue in Portugal is just amazing. And they have this one stage that's like 10, 12,000 people, uh, you know, can fit in the room. And, you know, and, and, and I've never been to the one in Hong Kong, so I'm, I'm not sure about that one, but uh, I like it. I think it was great. Great people, uh, very intelligent people, great conversations. I just think they should probably have a few more presentations.
0: But you know what really struck me as unusual is how few blockchain-oriented uh, startups were there. Mm-hmm. It, it was like a lot of people that, you know, had cool ideas for startups, but they're using older, you know, tech to, uh, to implement them. And I'm thinking uh, it's 2018, not 2008, uh, why aren't you f- finding ways to implement more blockchain? Put more blockchain in your business.
1: Well, I think part of the reason on that, Mr. Joelcom, is that in Dublin in June they have MoneyConf, and that is all pertains all about fintech and crypto and blockchain type of stuff. So I think the majority of the blockchain type businesses are going there. I don't know that for sure because we're not going there, uh, but um, probably a good one to go to now. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed as well. I was talking to a lot of these businesses, and I was like, "Oh, so you're doing that?" And are you you putting blockchain? Are you using blockchain at all? And they're like, "No," and they look at me like I was an alien. And I was like, "Well, good luck with your business."
0: (laughs) Well, we are almost getting ready to get on a plane to head to Grand Cayman. Uh, for the world tokenomic forum of course uh, we'll be back with another episode here shortly and we'll be recording content at that event we might even stream live from the beach if uh, we've got solid bandwidth to pull that off
1: yeah so hopefully we can now that's one thing about the cayman islands is that it is first world infrastructure because it is has been owned by the uk great britain part of their commonwealth for a long time and when they were you know, when the U.K. was going around everywhere and and uh, conquering everyone and making them part of their giant empire. Uh, that's one thing that's great about it is that there's like 15,000 banks there and you got super fast Internet. So, I mean, and the whitest beaches, sandiest is beautiful. And what I love about the Cayman Islands is that it, it's kind of shaped like a like an off centered sea because it looks like way back in the day, like some asteroid or something hit it. And then it just you know because there's this amazing bay, but when you're inside that bay there in Seven Mile uh, Seven Mile Beach, that water is crystal clear and it is so still. It's like almost like sitting in a pool, and uh, most amazing place to watch morning sunrises uh, from that uh, from that beach, sitting in the water, and it's all nice and warm. So good,
0: I love that place. Oh yeah gonna be beautiful i might not even go to the conference i'm just gonna get all wrinkly in the water just gonna hang out on the beach all right gang thanks for listening we appreciate you please take a moment to go to itunes or facebook or wherever you are able to review us and please do review uh you know it used to be blockbuster was be kind rewind now what's that we need a rhyme for uh for this
1: after you're through listen to bad crypto and after you're through give
0: a review stay bad